Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Well, hello, hello, hello! Happy Martin Luther King Day to all. Hopefully you guys have a day off and enjoy the holiday with the fam and... Think about what the uh, the holiday in general is all about, and you can reflect on some wonderful football with the Locked On NFL podcast, and you've reached it right here. I am Matt Williamson. Check out the rest of the Locked On NFL, or Locked On Network, including the NBA guys, too. You know, But we have every team, we have Locked On NFL Draft. Uh, we will have a, a member of that NFL Draft team back on Wednesday to talk more draft. Um, but wow, I mean, a big weekend of football. And in the end, we're going to have Atlanta hosting the red-hot Green Bay Packers and the Steelers traveling to New England. Craziness. Four really good teams. Um, Let's start out with Seattle in Atlanta. Big-time opening drive there by Seattle. You know, physical 14-play drive. Capped off with that Graham touchdown to make it 7 nothing, And it pretty much ate up more than half the first quarter. And was like, whoa, okay. You know, this is going to be a shootout. This is going to be Seattle's offense is legit. The worries about the Falcons' defense are legit. And they still are, to be honest with you. Um, but then Atlanta answers right back with a long drive of their own. They hit Julio on that tunnel screen that they called. And it's 7-7 before you know it. And then... I kind of felt like the game changed here was there was that five point swing on a safety then then an Atlanta field goal. And then it was 12, 10. And then, you know, a very, another very long drive by Atlanta with, with Coleman ended up with that receiving touchdown and it was 19, 10. And then before he knew it, it was 26, 10. And it was just like a bombardment of Atlanta offense. And that's what they do. I mean, Again, Matt Ryan's playing at a Pro Bowl level. The offensive line is superb. This tandem of running backs was really impressive once again and is really a true one-two punch. Julio was fine, and I thought he got probably got the better of Richard Sherman early on, but then he has a foot injury that I think needs monitoring. And if there's any other, you know, they said, oh, he would have played if, he, if we needed him, and he sat out pretty much the whole fourth quarter. Um, but how many foot injuries has Julio Jones had lately? It just seems like there's always something going on with this guy's feet. But when it was 26-10, this game was basically over. Um, a couple injuries for Seattle didn't help. I mean, not that a Fetty, their first-round pick, has been a great player, but I think he's improved slightly throughout the season. He was gone early in this game. Um, Shed, Deshaun Shed, the, the starting corner, uh, was injured to start the second half. Too many mistakes by Seattle in the first half. And just speaking of a Fetty and Shed real quick while they have it up, I would think that's the two biggest needs for Seattle. Of course, offensive line, but more specifically, tackle. Um, but they have drafted guys. I mean, it's not like they've ignored their offensive line lately. They just It's just a lot of youth. And I think they might have to add another corner, too. I mean, I think those are the two priorities if you're Seattle this offseason. But too many mistakes by Seattle in the first half. Man, I mean, Atlanta was just attacking every way, you know, Seattle every way imaginable, you know, with weapon after weapon and 
formation after formation and using a fullback and two and three tight end sets. And, you know, uh, I thought they missed Earl Thomas since he's gone down and, and in this one as well. More man coverage from Seattle, which we expected from what I saw. Um, the linebackers had a tough time keeping up with the running backs. A really good group, a really good showing by uh, collectively from Freeman and Coleman. Julio's foot injury something to monitor. Atlanta's really strong, you know, at home. I still have big questions about their defense. Their red zone defense is really poor. We're not going to preview games in any way, but, you know, Atlanta ran away with this one in the end. A um, little more, a little less competitive than I expected, to be quite honest. Uh, I'd pick Seattle in this one. Um, we all picked New England in the second game, rightfully so. But it got a little hairy there in that first qu- that first uh, half. And Brady throws two interceptions, both off someone's hands. But I didn't think he played his particularly sharp game all- overall. I thought the Texans' defense was pretty impressive and did about as much as they could do, uh, particularly Clowney and Merciless. I thought both those guys had big games. Saw them lined up all over. The interior blitzes, you know, I had mentioned on Friday, the best way to get to Brady is getting some interior pressure on him, but where is probably going to come from? From Houston's off the edges. Well, they moved Clowney and Merciless around to make up for that, and then that worked out quite well. Uh, Deion Lewis was obviously a big story in this game. He scored the first touchdown and then the second uh, on a kickoff return. And then he fumbled the next kickoff return and and Houston scored a touchdown to make it 14-13. So at that point, it was like, ooh, you know, they could do something here. And is New England going to continue to make mistakes? I mean, that's surprising. You know, there was a stretch there in that part of the game where Houston had run 29 plays First six plays ran by the Pats after the interception by Bouye off, you know, one off Floyd's hands. And Floyd had a rough game, too. I mean, I wonder if he's going to be in the doghouse or if Malcolm Mitchell's going to take his spot next week and the Steelers come to town. And, and, and what's, what's that Lewis fumble there? Gave the ball back to them right away. And Brady took a beating in this game, especially early on. Very little running game in the first half. Uh, Brady's great, Belichick's great, but I look at this team and think that they're not the the Patriot stud flawless team that we've become accustomed to. They're really good, don't get me wrong, and I'm probably going to pick them over Pittsburgh, but they can be beat by either Atlanta, Green Bay, or the Steelers. Anyways, um, Houston was just dominating with their starting field position battle in, early in the game, and that was huge. And I thought the the Texans were the more physical team in the first half. Uh, A lot of tight man coverage, forcing Brady to throw downfield instead of taking away those underneath quick hitters. You know, it wasn't just dink and dunk you like crazy. Forcing Brady to hold the ball a little bit more, and he was taking hits, as as I mentioned. Some of them were borderline at the whistle, and he was getting frustrated. I mean, it's something I will probably say in Pittsburgh radio this week is, I'm not saying break the rules, but if you're not sure if you should hit him or not, you should probably hit him because it rattles him at this stage of his career. He's an old man who's been hit a lot in his career, and he doesn't like it. And does that mean he gets him off his game, or does it make him better? It might make him better. Who knows? But um, they were putting some hits on him, and historically that's like every quarterback. I mean, this guy is so good. that You know, you, you hit him a little bit, and you can get him off his game to some regard. Maybe he forces things a little bit. 
But he had two interceptions that went off wide receivers' hands. It's not like I'm worried that Tom Brady's slipping by any stretch. But I thought he played just okay. Um, but Osweiler was all over the place. I mean, he crippled this offense. Doesn't throw outside the numbers. And if he does, he's bad at it. Doesn't throw on time. Poor accuracy. You know, we're going to spend a lot of time talking off-season needs. And maybe we'll even do a team or two this week. i got to figure out the schedule for this week. But... I got to think, no matter what, if you're the Texans, you can't just say, hey, Brock, you're our starter next year. I mean, he's horrible. Horrible. I mean, that that's not going to get it done. And he crippled the team again in this one. The, the talk of O'Brien being on the hot seat, though, is the craziest thing I've heard. This guy, <laughs> they won a playoff game against, a, you know, a bad Raiders team without a quarterback. But, man, he's gone to the postseason time and time again with – Three, four, you know, three or four quarterbacks starting throughout the year. None of them are any good. They, they would have killed for Brian Hoyer this year. You know, I mean, they started guys like T.J. Yates. Oh, by the way, the best player on the planet, J.J. Watt, didn't play or was didn't do a thing for you this year. They get him back next year. Their defense should be great next year. And Bouye is a free agent. Um, Patriots move on. Second half belonged to New England. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. The next one, as you know, was a barn burner. I thought my man Ross Tucker at one point, it was, was 21-3, texted or sent out a tweet. Is it over? And I just wrote back, over. I mean, I thought it was blowout city. Cowboys were maybe a little... Still sleeping after the bye. Rodgers comes out so hot. The Dallas defense had no answers for Rodgers early on. And they were they looked really out of sorts in that first drive or two as well. Calling timeouts to get aligned. You know, getting people on and off the field. And, of course, Rodgers was zinging them. And, and, and oh, you're going to try to substitute on me. How dare you? I'm going to catch you with 12 guys on the field. Um, I thought they had a lot, very little emotion. They kind of looked like they were dragon Dallas it took him a while to get going like I said they were getting hammered down 21 to three and then Dak God you gotta like Dak man two big throws to Dez versus Gunter and Dez had a really nice game in this one that, that was highly highly encouraging and that last one of those two throws was for you know a, a body blower you know it, it was kind of <laughs> you know what's his face clubber Lang comes in starts wailing on rocky and then rocky lands a body blow or whatever and that was the the the, the touchdown to des make it 21 10 and it's like okay you know now we're back we're not that big a hole des has an advantage here dak i thought played like a veteran ice water in his veins very impressive i thought elliot was highly impressive as well the rookies didn't certainly didn't look like rookies, and if anyone's like, boy, they should have put Romo in, they would have won the game with them. I mean, that that's not fair. Dak was by no re, by no vein the reason they lost this game. That's for sure. The reason they lost this game is because Aaron Rodgers is unbelievable. I'm going to write an article about him today. I've said in the past, I think that you know he might be the best that's ever played the game. I mean, I'm I'm really that high on him, and I have been for years. Um, 
Dallas started to bring more pressure about midway through the second quarter, and it seemed to you know that that was much better results. They at least were not just letting him back there and doing what he wanted. Amazing game overall, though, and from that point on, it was pretty even or really in Dallas's favor. And then Cook, you know, it's six five, two fifty five or whatever, makes that toe tapping John Stallworth like catch, you know, keeping his toes in on the, to move the chains. Amazing. Uh, huge, huge play, obviously. Um, Packers got hit with a couple injuries in this one. Um, some impressive field goal work by Crosby. Actually, both sides, you know, they, they iced them and it didn't matter. Um, again, we're going to talk more about these games probably the rest of the week, too. I mean, I'm just giving you some overviews. I'm, ho- I'm hoping you saw most of them. We'll talk about some guys that stood out, too. Green Bay's tough, man, and Rodgers is just so freaking good. I mean... His command and execution and playing in rhythm more so than usual and total command of the entire situation and all 22 guys on the field and down and distance and accuracy and making crazy throws and buying time and running and controlling blitz or don't blitz or I just don't know how you defend him. And yeah, they didn't have Nelson. Sure, it's big. I mean, of course you'd rather have Nelson, but... He's he's not as good as his numbers suggest. Let's just put it that way. You know, Cook's highly important to them. They got Cobb back. Adams is a quality player. In general, to me, I don't think that their wide receivers are elite. You know, it's the quarterback. I mean, it's the quarterback. The last game of the weekend, Steelers defeat the Chiefs despite not scoring a touchdown. Boswell was six field goals. Um... I mean, obviously, you're going to have to score touchdowns in New England. But I thought other than that, and that's a big deal, obviously, um, against one of the best red zone defenses in the league throughout the year, uh, I thought the Pittsburgh Steelers played a really good game. A really crisp opening drive by the Steelers, stalled near the goal line. And I kind of thought, like, oh, they got this. You know, they're going to score a lot of points against these guys, moving the ball well. You know, they should be able to run the ball. They don't have a great answer for Brown. And those things were pretty much true, but stall, stall, stall in the red zone. I mean, that's, I'm not exactly sure what you do to correct that. Um, And the Patriots have a very good red zone defense as well. But after that 3-0, they they squib it, obviously, to stay away from Tyreek Hill. I think that was the only time they squibbed it all day, though. And in the end, Hill did, they did a good job in kickoff coverage. Their special teams deserved a lot of credit in this game. The Steelers, in all phases, their special teams were excellent. But they gave the Chiefs really good field position on that first squib kick, and maybe that's why they didn't do it again. And they moved down the field with ease and make it 7 nothing in Kansas City's favor. And I was like, whoa, okay, this, this Chiefs, Chiefs offense is legit. And really that was their high watermark for the day, basically. I mean, except for a late drive. But for the majority of that stretch in between, there was not much going on at all from the Chiefs offense. I mean, they... In the first half, I mean, the Steelers dominated time of possession. They dominated every—I mean, here, here's actually the halftime stats. Steelers had out-produced uh, them in yardage, 275 to 106. They ran more than double the amount of plays, 42 to 20, and had double the first downs, 14 to 7. But the Chiefs only ran four times out of their 20 plays in the first half. You know, and a lot of it's— a lot of their offense is misdirection and putting Hill in motion and freezing people. And I'm not discounting that. 
Um, it's very good play design by Reed, but it's window dressing, you know, as Greg Cosell says. I mean, it's window dressing. The foundation for this team, I mentioned this Friday, is weaker than it's been, you know, where the window dressing is prettier than it's been for the Chiefs. I mean, it's all about big plays. Steeler defense did a very good job of limiting what Hill could do to them, both as a returner and especially on offense. Kelsey did some good things, but wasn't a dynamic player. I mean, wasn't a difference maker. Took a stupid penalty, too. That was dumb. Highly emotional guy. Uh, Macklin was not a big factor. Conley factored in a little. Took a big shot. Came back one play later. That was insane to me. Um, But, man... And then there was that stretch there where the, the quarterbacks uh, exchanged batted passes for interceptions. You know, uh, uh, Smith is driving, gets one batted up, Steelers return, cover it or pick it off, drive down the field. Looks like Ben's about to take him in for a score. Same thing happens to him. That was an odd sequence back and forth, which kind of kept the scoring down a little bit to, you know, decent-looking scoring drives. Um, but... Kansas City, they couldn't do much in the red zone either. I mean, Steelers are struggling in the red zone. Uh, the first time the Steelers punted this game was about the three-minute mark left in the third quarter. So they went the entire first half and about 12 minutes into the second half without ever punting. Harrison was a beast again in this game. He just playing so well, and he drew the big uh, holding call late, late in the game when the game was on the line which I thought was the right call, and I'm not being a homer. I mean, you can't – and one thing about Harrison, you'll see tackles are – tackles are clotheslining him around the neck throughout his career at a remarkable rate, and he, he's so low, powerful, but he's playing really well. Uh, they, the Steelers took the ball away five times in this game, and at least as, as important, they took away the big play guys. You know, like I said, Hill – although – there was a few plays where Hill was running free, you know, that if, if Smith would have saw him or if the play design was different or if he wasn't under, under as much pressure, uh, maybe Hill's, maybe it's a much different story and Hill has two long touchdown receptions. Uh, the stars of the show to me were Bell and really the Steeler offensive line. I mean, across the board, I thought they played really, really well. Uh, little Kansas City pass rush. I'm not convinced that Houston was 100%, but if, you know, your divisional round, you're going to play. He, he didn't look dominant at all, but I'm telling you, the Steeler offensive line is the best one left for sure and can compete with any in the league, including Dallas, and seems to be getting better on a week-to-week basis. Um, you know, Kansas City was only 2 of 9 on third downs, and their stars on both sides of the ball just didn't make as big an impact as they have. You know, the Barrys and Peters and Houstons and Kelseys and Hill. And I'm not going to bash Alex Smith. You guys know my feelings on him by now, but they haven't changed. I mean, I still think it's it's going to be awful tough to win a Super Bowl with that guy as your quarterback, unless it's a Broncos of 2015 situation where everything else is perfect. And even with a better running game, I mean, you have to have an elite supporting cast around this guy. He's just a limited player. And I think Reed knows it, and that's why you get all this window dressing. And I think the Chiefs had a really good year. I think they're really well coached. I think they need to get back to, you know, how do we go back to stopping the run? Getting Derek Johnson will help. Poe's a free agent. Barry's a free agent. You know, they get two defensive ends back from injury, too. So I don't think Kansas City's going away. And no one's going to want to hear this, but if they use a second-round pick on a corner, on a quarterback, I don't think that's such a terrible idea. Steelers need to get better in the red zone by far. Keep up with New England in New England. I do think that's going to be a highly competitive game. 
the Bell Brown Steelers O line combination is lethal right now. I mean, it's really hard to play against. I would imagine Belichick will try to take Bell away. I'm sure we'll see Butler on on uh, Brown all day, just like the pizza commercial. That'll be fun. Um, should be a really good game. This was a good game, but again, not to sound like a homer. I thought Pittsburgh should have put him away much earlier. I give the Chiefs a lot of credit for hanging around and making it very interesting at the end, down to a two-point conversion. And then I retweeted Bill Barnwell on this too. I know Andy Reid takes a lot of heat for clock management, so he's under a microscope with that. But you can't be that. You can't, I forget how Bill said it in his tweet. He said something on the lines of, it's a coaching mistake whenever you think being down eight is a one-score game. You know, it, and it isn't. It, you, getting that two-point conversion is not just like kicking a, an extra point. I mean, it's a, a highly difficult endeavor. And then you, you left yourself with no time on the clock. I mean, they should have rushed things much more in that final drive, and it was a good drive by them. But th- that was, you know, to me, a, a, a flaw from Reed from a time management standpoint. And, you know, that's something he's ha- had throughout his career. All right, guys, we're wrapping up here. I mean, we'll talk more about these games. I'll have a lot more observations over the next 24 hours. Good slate. I think we have a really good slate next weekend. Three more NFL games left of the year. So drop me a line on Twitter, at WilliamsonNFL. Adios. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17